0: Just a boy from kansas out to save the world from chronic disease and i truly mean that nobody is in control of your health but you i can't heal you your doctor can't heal you you have to heal you and it's all about having the education empowerment to know what you need to be changing within yourself within your life to set your soul free and accomplish that best life that we all like to talk about I truly believe that the greatest medicine of all is to teach people how not to need it. I'm Brendan Vermeyer, the original Holistic Savage. Welcome to the Holistic Savage podcast. Um, it's, it's, I, I feel that functional medicine is still a little bit too uh, reactive, not proactive yeah. enough, a, a little still too. And you literally said that, and I find myself saying that all the time where it's like, okay, you know conventional medicine like run whatever conventional diagnostic testing diagnose the disease like oh you have irritable bowel disease we treat with anti-inflammatory steroids we don't look for what caused the inflammatory right. disorder but then like okay functional medicine all right so we're going to do you know it, first off they charge you an arm and a leg we're going to do thousands of dollars of tests it's hard to get into the office and then the only, it, it just kind of feels like, okay, well, instead of running conventional tests, we're going to run functional tests. Instead of giving pharmaceuticals, we're going to give pharmaceuticals and supplements. And it's still just like throwing pills at a piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's like, well, that's not holistic. That's not functional. And, yeah. and you know, so it's like we need to make functional medicine more functional. And, you know, that's where, <laughs> like you said, the greatest medicine of all is teach people how not to need it. And so this yeah. is where obviously we're all kind of rallying together. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we have to be, you know, more like for example, I was just recording a module for my course, and it's kind of like the difference, the the paradigm shift of seeking out healing opportunities versus looking for disease. And you know, um, I the example I gave in the recording was talking about you know, uh, *Clostridia* overgrowth. Where okay, well, there are ways of assessing *Clostridia* overgrowth. Now that doesn't necessarily mean you have an acute *Clostridia*. Infection that's you know causing pseudomembranous colitis and you're you know shit in blood or something, but it's yeah. like well let's maybe not wait for it to become that. And you know if we see evidence that you have an overgrowth of a potentially pathogenic you know bug, uh, and there's clinical correlation where you have symptoms and health complaints that we can connect back to that, you know why don't we do something proactive like take some spore biotics or da 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 da. Yeah. So totally agree with you, and it's great to you know, like-minded people. So then, you know, let's go and run with that where you mentioned the microbiome. Yeah. So wasn't it Hippocrates like a thousand years ago that said all disease begins in the gut. So yeah. Yeah. Something
1: about that. Yeah. Um, so I'm finding that's the case. Um, and so I specialize. So now because I speak for microbiome labs, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of people that, that are hearing about me and then they're coming in for pretty complicated gut stuff. Um, I'm finding a, an interesting correlation. Um, so let's talk about it here because I think a lot of people are suffering from it and I, and I don't think it's being talked about as much. Um, and that is the direct correlation between anxiety and gut issues. Um, what I see m- above most other disease states is that when people have gut stuff, they become hypochondriac is the wrong label but it's probably the closest way i can write they're so concerned about their health state and they're living on levels of anxiety and they and for some reason it's really hard to calm their mind down a little bit and so let's talk about the physiology of that a little bit because mm-hmm. i think it's really interesting so um so a lot of people might be diagnosed with sibo i think sibo's you know, really prevalent in society now. Um, At least I see it all the time. Patients are coming in, they're like, I'm diagnosed with SIBO, I'm diagnosed with SIBO, I'm diagnosed with SIBO. Um, You know, a lot of the times it's an easier fix than they think it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And then some of the time it's a really difficult fix. And I think the difference is that sometimes the mechanism of their specific SIBO is a little bit beyond our understanding of what all of the different microbes in their specific gut are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm not necessarily for testing the microbiome. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, I know microbiome labs did just push a their first stool test analysis. So I'm really excited to see how that's changing between the other models. But generally what I find is I run... You know a microbiome from you know, there's tons of different functional medicine companies out there I'll run a microbiome stool analysis. I'll get this entire report back and then it's like, okay, well, I don't know You know, how does that change now based on what I know what to do, right? Mm -hmm. So I can go after specific bacteria, but we don't know enough yet about like what all the different bacteria are doing collectively we have a general understanding that like there are groups of bacteria and that in those groups, if they're elevated, they're more prevalent in these disease states. So then you correlate the symptoms of the patient with what you're kind of seeing in the stool analysis and it's confirmatory mainly, right? But then what's the major change, right? And so Mm -hmm. I just go back to what I do with everybody anyway to, you know, um, I guess like optimize their gut microbiome from what I know already. So that stool analysis doesn't really, it, it's just, it's a confirm—it you know, it's a $400 confirmatory test at that point Right or non-confirmatory, but then still if it's not confirmatory I still know that they're having gut issues. So it's like, okay, well, you know, unless there's pathogens that are so visible within that stool analysis, that's really the, you know, that's really where the majority of the situation, you know, if like, I'm like, okay, you have an actual infection or a parasite now we kind of have to go after it Mm -hmm. so from a from a testing perspective i think a lot of patients are like great i want to test my stool on a stool but that's not i don't think that's as big of a bang for their butt you know it's like more Mm -hmm. of an understanding of like what are people experiencing from their gut and then what are we going to do about it right Mm -hmm. so so let's talk a little bit about the microbiome so the microbiome for those people who are listening um, if you're a little unfamiliar, it's basically a collection of microbes or gut or bacteria within your gut, and you have a microbiome in every single sort of organ cavity in the body. So you have a bladder microbiome, you have a vaginal microbiome, you have an oral microbiome, you have your gut microbiome, right? So you have a very uh, you have a different microbiome for every single type of cavity or opening where bacteria live and collect, and then those bacteria have very specific physiological um, functions so that they, they all do a very specific thing. um, Usually very symbiotic, meaning in combination or um, beneficial for the body, right? So we work together as two different systems collectively for the same purpose of creating health. What happens is we take in pesticides, chemicals, toxins, antibiotics, and we alter our microbiome from a healthy state, if we were born vaginally and breastfed with like a healthy supply, right, to initially inoculate a healthy microbiome, if we are already born in a healthy state, we then have all this advent of like high sugar, corn syrup, uh, you know, everything that we were living in, and then all this toxicity as well. And then that alters the microbiome um, and it starts to degrade certain aspects within the gut, specifically. And then our microbiome shifts from a healthy state to a disease state, mm-hmm. right, for as a general basis. Mm-hmm. So then what happens is we have the onset of chronic disease usually because inflammation starts there and then spreads to the rest of the body so we could i don't know if you want to get into lps toxicity and metabolic endotoxin. you do you want to let's do it it?
0: yeah let's do it
1: (laughs) this is a rabbit
0: hole kind of podcast
1: yeah okay all right cool